You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. As always, it's great to talk to you. It's great to hear from you. I hope you'll please click, share, and subscribe to this podcast produced by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Today, we're going to go over the first bits of news from the team's first training camp, first week of training camp, ahead of this 2022 season. For those who don't know, again, I'm Doug Robertson. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC or on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. I've covered every game this team has played, every training match, pretty much everything they've ever done. Um, So I hope you'll follow me on Twitter. I hope you'll consider, again, click sharing and subscribing to this podcast. The team's first game is going to be February 27th versus Sporting Kansas City at 3 p.m. at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It's going to be broadcast by FS1. The lower bowl is already settled out, according to President Darren Eels, and we're going to cover a lot of the topics that he got into yesterday in just a few minutes, as well as take your questions. I want to thank you again for sending those to me. It always makes the podcast the podcast more fun to do because it allows me some different talking points and, and to get some better ideas of what you're thinking and expecting. So I want to thank you all for that. So the first bits of news uh, from training camp this week uh, were the absences of Ezekiel Barco, a designated player and seemingly wanted by a couple of clubs in Brazil. We're going to get into that in just a second. And Eric Lopez, who has been loaned out by the club to Banfield in Argentina, a one-year loan with an option to purchase of like $1.6 million, I think it is, according to the great uh, C.L. Merlo, a fantastic journalist from Argentina. But Lopez, in my opinion, has just been – he was misused by Heinze. It kind of stalled his career a little bit. And Joseph Martinez is back and healthy. Lopez needs minutes. He needs to play. He needs to play in a truly high-end professional environment. So that's why he's gone to Argentina, and we're going to see what he can do. Uh, We're going to get into what that means uh, with some of y'all's questions that you asked in just a few minutes. The other bits of news is manager Gonzalo Pineda. A couple of players had to go into the health and safety protocols. None of the players or Pineda were experiencing any symptoms. So now it's just a matter of them testing negative two consecutive days. Or like in the case of Mateus Ozetu, I think he was traveling from Brazil, so he just has to sit out a mandatory quarantine period before he can rejoin training. But I think Pineda is supposed to be back tomorrow. We are back at the training ground tomorrow. Uh, so we will have a better idea, and it'll be nice to talk to him ahead of this season uh, since he is the manager and all. Um, we got to talk with Darren Eels yesterday, the club president. Uh, He went into a number of different topics. I'm going to kind of give you a 30,000-foot view of some of them really quick before we get into some of the more player-related items. 
The first is uh, the team is going to play a friendly in Athens at the Turner Soccer Complex there. It seats less than 2,000. So whenever they make that announcement, I think it's going to be tomorrow. If you want to go and tickets are being sold, it is going to be open to the public. I would jump on that fast because there's not going to be a lot of seats. Um, they're going to play at least one more game outside of the Metro Atlanta area. As you know, they've been to Birmingham several times. It wouldn't surprise me if they go do that again. It's an easy trip. Charleston looks like it's already filled up its tournament. Looking at some of the preseason schedules put out by the other teams already, Atlanta United is not on their schedule, so that makes me think they're probably going to go to Birmingham. And Darren mentioned yesterday that the team is going to leave Atlanta for a couple of weeks. This is a pretty common thing they've done. They've gone to Charleston. They've gone to IMG. They've gone to Mexico. My money is they're going to Mexico because Darren talked about wanting to kind of strengthen the team's brand there. And he mentioned, you know, the, the League's Cup and everything is part of that. But I think that they're probably going to be headed to Mexico. Uh, don't know that for a fact. That's just a guess on my part, kind of reading the tea leaves from Darren. Uh, there's a 91% renewal rate on season tickets. Um, so that's fantastic, you know, for, for y'all uh, getting to see the team that, that you appreciate and for the club uh, for its bottom line. Uh, what else did we go over? Um, oh, th those were the highlights. Um, so let's start to go into a little bit about some of the specifics that uh, Darren was being asked about players. I, I was really trying to hammer on some news about a couple of guys, uh, Ezekiel Barco, Miles Robinson, George Bellow. So we're going to get into that here and let you listen to what Darren had to say about a couple of things. Uh, Barco is not with the team, as I said before. He is an excused absence. He's supposed to report at a later date. Darren would not say why it's an excused absence. He would not say what that later date is. I'll be stunned if you ever see Barco back with Atlanta United again. Uh, the clubs wanting him are Flamengo and Internacional in Brazil, but they're both loans, which is just not a good bit of business for Atlanta United uh, when they bought him for more than $13 million. They thought that they would be able to sell him for a lot more. Um, but here's Darren talking about uh, Ezekiel Barco, his professionalism, and his possible future. Yeah, I'm not, Doug, as you know, I don't want to get into specific transfer rumors. Ezekiel's not here for training at the moment. Um, so again, I think, you know, the right time to speculate on that is if something happens. But, you know, what I will say is, you know, Ezekiel's been a fantastic professional. You know, I think uh, we signed him at a very young age. We won the MLS Cup in his first season, two trophies the next two seasons. And I thought last season he was one of our key performers. He's a great player. He's a special player. But at the moment, you know, he's still an Atlanta United player. So the team bought Barco from Independiente uh, ahead of the 2018 season for $13 million. Barco was one of the young starlets in South America. They thought you buy him for 13, you sell him for 20-something like they did with Miguel Almiron uh, from Lanús. And Barco has come and just really, I don't think, has fulfilled anyone's expectations. Um, his best season was last year. He set personal bests and starts, goals and assists, but the goals and assists were just seven and eight. In Major League Soccer, there's a lot of guys who did that for who came a lot less expensive. Um, he just... You know, it just never seems to be able to be consistent for any manager in any formation. And some of that's just maturity. And he's still very young. He's still only 22. But for Atlanta United to buy him for $13 million, and if they're not able to sell him for a lot, and we'll see what happens down the road, uh, that's just, it's going to be a bad bit of business. You know, the team got lucky with Pithy Martinez with a club from Saudi Arabia offering what was it, 16, 18 million, whatever, and they were able to recoup that investment because Pitti also didn't work out as well as anyone hoped. Um, 
So now we got to see what happens. It's going to be tough. So another player that may be wanted or, or possibly leaving, I'm not going to say potentially leaving because the reports aren't as strong as they are for Barco, is uh, 19-year-old fullback George Bellow. Um, academy product for Atlanta United, the very first academy product to be capped by the U.S. men's national team, a target reportedly of some clubs in Europe and Watford in England. Um, here's Darren Eels talking about George Bellow. You know, he's come from our academy. He's someone that we're really proud of. And, you know, I think with George, like with all our players, you know, if there's a, an offer that's worked for the club, um, and more importantly, in this case, I think for someone who's come from our academy that's right for George, you know, we'll be there to facilitate it for him. I know he wants to play in Europe and, you know, if the right offer comes and we can get something uh, done, then obviously he goes with our blessing. Bello is currently in the U.S. men's national team camp, along with Brooks Lennon and Miles Robinson. So that's three-fifths of Atlanta United's back line uh, in the camp. Bello is an intriguing prospect. He is very fast. He's very aggressive. In my opinion, he needs to work on his crossing a little bit. He still needs to work on his situational awareness, but he's only 19. I mean, come on. He's got just immense potential. Uh, I can see uh, why European clubs are interested in him. And now I also asked about Miles Robinson, and Eel's answer about Miles was very, very different than his answer about Bellow. Let's listen to that. Miles is someone that has been a sort of solid performer for us. It's a big year for him with a World Cup year coming in. He's got, you know, two more years on his contract with us. Uh, and so, you know, we haven't had any offers on him, but nor would we, you know, even consider any offers for him. So they would listen for offers on Bello. They wouldn't listen to offers on Robinson. I think it's a good bit of gamesmanship of business acumen by Darren because he knows right now Miles has two years left. They don't have to sell him. Miles' value is like $8 million according to the transfer market, if you believe that kind of stuff. If Miles goes to the World Cup with the U.S. men's national team, as everyone thinks he will, if he starts, as everyone thinks he will, if he plays as well as he has played in these past 15-something appearances for the U.S. men's national team, his value is going to go from $8 million to $20-something million, pretty much in a month. Why would Atlanta United want to sell him now for $8 million to another club who could then turn around to sell him for $20-something million? That makes no sense. Uh, so I think Darren is being very smart about this. Bellow's situation is slightly different because there's a lot of competition at left back for the U.S. men's national team. If Bellow does make the roster, I don't know if he would play for the U.S. And so his value isn't going to change very much. So that's why I think Darren is saying, yes, if we got a good offer for Bellow, that's good for the club, good for the player, we'd let him go. Robinson, I think he's smartly trying to hold on to a little bit, and we'll see what happens. Now, uh, Joe Patrick of 92.9 and Dirty South Soccer asked a really uh, interesting question about the transfer market. Uh, I think he was trying to maybe get some insight into why Barco, there's just not a lot of interest in Barco right now. And Darren gave a, a very long, interesting answer. Um, let's listen to that. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's certainly depressed. I mean, I think it, that was natural from, uh, you know, we spoke about it from, you know, a lot of clubs the whole world over. And obviously I get a bit of perspective, not only with Atlanta United, but with, you know, the contacts of my former colleagues in England and obviously with, with Aberdeen in the Scottish Premier League. I mean, it hit hard for clubs the whole world over. And naturally there was a a reticence to, to spend as much. So I think we've seen that, the, the, you know, the market has gone down. And I think, you know, it will bounce back. It always does. It's pretty, uh, I think we're seeing the shoots of that now, but I think we're still probably um, at least one more window 
two windows away from it getting back to the sort of levels that we were getting towards before COVID hit. So, you know, certainly it's depressed, but I suppose, you know, the analogy I'd use is a little bit like um, the housing market, you know, there will be, you know, a depression. So it probably means you don't get as much as you'd hope for on the exit, but you're probably getting the players coming in uh, at an equally lower value. So relative, it probably stays the same. So that may be why uh, clubs just aren't interested in splashing cash on Barco, Bello, anyone else right now. Um, the other piece of news I forgot with Atlanta United this week is uh, they signed Caleb Wiley, a 17-year-old fullback, to a homegrown contract. So congratulations to Caleb. That's a pretty big moment in a young man's life to become a professional athlete. One that He was an original member of the youngest academy class at Atlanta United when that started in um, 2016. So he has worked his way up and through. I think you'll see a lot of him at Atlanta United too again this season where he had a good year last year. So congrats to Caleb Wiley and uh, his family. So now let's get into some of y'all's questions. And again, I want to thank y'all for sending these. Uh, some of them are repetitive, so I try to combine them. Um, so if I don't, if you don't hear your name called, it's not uh, personal. Uh, I try to include all the names. And again, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. And I hope you'll consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I would put our sports department up against anyone in the countries. Uh, look at our coverage of the World Series. Look at our coverage of Georgia in the National Championship game. Look at our coverage of the Hawks. Look at our coverage of the Falcons. Uh, our coverage of Atlanta United, modestly. Uh, the local colleges. Nobody covers a market better than we do. I hope you'll consider subscribing. And now let's get into your question. From Ben, and part of this is also asked by Greg. Uh, ben says, I have finally drank enough coffee to get me excited for the 2022 season. I hope you're enjoying yours. I'm going to take a coffee sip right now. Thank you, Ben. Mm, that's good stuff. How do you think the team will address the backup striker need? Um, you know, I thought they would go after Will Bruin, uh, former, or I guess current, maybe former Seattle player. Uh, they were tied to him for a while, and then all that stuff died down. I haven't checked to see if he ended up signing with someone. I think he'd be a perfect fit for Atlanta United. He knows Pineda. I think he'd be a perfect fit within the system. Uh, we'll just have to see what happens. Right now, the team has too many players. Uh, I think with the loan of Lopez, they're at 31, which is one more than the maximum. They don't have to be roster compliant until almost the end of February, so they have some time. But they're going to have to make some decisions here soon. Do you think they will sign someone in a supplemental spot or use the under-22 spot vacated by Eric Lopez, or will they rely on someone already on the roster like Jackson Conway? This is a big year for Jackson. Um, he did, you know, he came in, he played for the senior team a little bit last year. It didn't really impress very much. He's another guy that needs a lot of consistent minutes. I think you'll see him a lot with Atlanta United 2 this year, uh, unless they don't sign a backup, in which case he'll be Joseph's backup off the bench. Conway's a guy, he reminds me a lot of Josh Sargent, uh, same body type, a guy who you watch and you're not quite yet sure what he does well other than score. And he, you know, Jackson Conway has proven that he can do that. But again, he's still very young. He's still got a lot of time. Uh, but right now it's just, you know, what is my strength and let's really, really work on my strength while at the same time trying to improve my weaknesses. That's what I think Jackson needs to work on right now. Darren Hill's comments on Wednesday regarding Jurgen Dom's future suggest they may be working with him to find the best fit for him in the club. Do you think he'll be with the club at the start of the season? Well, that's what I asked Darren yesterday. I didn't get a real good answer. But because we didn't see Barco at the training ground and because we didn't see Eric Lopez at the training ground, 
And we know that the club is already working to try to find something for Jurgen Dom, and he is at the training ground. I think what we're discovering is Atlanta United has not yet been able to find a good suitor for Jurgen, one in which he'll get some playing time because that's what he wants. He is a professional soccer player. He does want to play. I don't think he's going to be on the roster by the start of the season. I think they will end up finding something uh, that works for both him and the club. He's has one of the highest salaries on the club. If you believe the MLSPA salary database, it's like 1.6 million, 1.7 million, something like that. Um, I think he's the third highest player behind um, maybe third or fourth behind Joseph and Arahujo and Barco. Um, and he's only got four assists and 20 something appearances. It was an interesting signing at the time, but it just hasn't worked out. To be fair to Jurgen, he's now on his uh, third different manager, fourth different manager um, since he arrived, and that's tough. Playing in a formation that doesn't really suit his speed, uh, which is his strength. Um, that question was also asked by uh, Dr. Humberto Fallis, friend of the podcast, uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and cover it there. Jurgen is a great guy, um, but it just you know I don't think he's a good fit right now, and he needs some playing time. The problem is I don't think he's shown any team why they should say, yeah, we're going to give you the playing time. He just hasn't had production in years, and uh, that's a tough one yet. Uh, from John, any news on the team or date for the scrimmage in Athens yet? No, not yet. Um, they're supposed to put that out tomorrow. If I had to guess, uh, it's going to be either the 29th or 30th is my bet on that, but we'll see. Sean asks, Assuming Tiago Almeida comes in and Ezekiel Barco leaves, what position do we target with the U22 roster spot? That's a good question. I really have no idea. Teams usually put money uh, money like that going forward, guys that can score goals or create goals. So I would assume that's what they do. I think part of it is just finding that player uh, at the right price who they think has the um, most potential. And it's a gigantic game. Uh, it's a world game. It's tough to figure out what position that might be. The team is pretty loaded right now. It's pretty deep. I think it's probably the deepest team in Major League Soccer right now, other than its striker. So we'll just have to see what they do. Coffee sip. Art says, I'm excited to hear that Atlanta United is playing a friendly in Athens. I speak for a lot of fans when I say we would love to have a friendly or in-season match played at Bobby Dodd once per year. It would generate a lot of fan excitement and would be packed. It would also be a great way to honor the first season and also honor some of those players who have retired by bringing them back for an appearance like Michael Parkhurst, Jeff Lornowitz, or Tyrone Mears. If you can find Tyrone Mears, I don't think anybody knows where he is. He has no social media presence whatsoever. Has there ever been any discussion about this at the club? And if so, what is the reasoning behind not doing it? Well, I think it can't be done now because I think after they left – they reconfigured the stadium again for football and to configure it back for soccer for one game, I got to think would be gigantically expensive. So I don't think this is ever going to happen. I loved covering games at Bobby Dodd Stadium, the city in the background, the noise is right on top of you, the fans are right on top of you. Loved covering games, both college football and soccer games there. There are some days, particularly in the spring and the fall, I prefer it to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We can't hear the crowd noise in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which is might be the only flaw in the design and construction of that $1.6 billion building. Um, they have to pipe it in through the PA. Obviously, you don't have that at Bobby Dodd. But, of course, they didn't have Carvel ice cream at Bobby Dodd. So, which is more important? You tell me. 
And Art ends it with, thanks, Doug, and really appreciate the coverage. This is why I subscribe. Well, thanks, man. Uh, Nick says, hope all is well with you, exclamation point. So I need to redo that. Hope all is well with you. I am curious to know where you think Atlanta stands within the Eastern Conference. Assuming Barco is out and Almeida is in, which seven teams would be your quote-unquote very early picks to make the playoffs out of the East? Well, this is a fun question. You always ask fun questions. And I have to remember that Nashville this year is in the West, not the East, because they would automatically be a playoff pick, in my opinion. So I think we got to put New England in. I think we got to put Philadelphia in. I think we got to put NYCFC in. I think we got to put Atlanta in. So that's four. I think DC United is going to make it. Um, that's five. And then I'm going to go with Montreal and I'm going to pick Columbus to bounce back. So those are my seven. That's not in the order. That's just who I think it'll be. Uh, Nashville moving to the West kind of changes things a little bit. And it won't be Charlotte. So there. Derek asks, Doug, is there another coach on the roster? Yeah, there's quite a few. There's a new one, and I was going to ask Darren about that yesterday, uh, but I didn't get a chance. We ran out of time. I'm hoping to find out who that is tomorrow. Uh, but Rob Valentino is, of course, one of the coaches on the roster. And let me check my email to see if there's any more questions that have come in. And there have not. So we're going to wrap up this Southern Fried Soccer podcast, as always. I'm Doug Robertson. You can find me on the Twitters at Doug Robertson AJC on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Douglas David Robertson. And I hope you'll consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Please click, share, and subscribe to the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. And big thanks to Jay Black for producing it today. We'll have another one next week. Uh, whenever there's some big news, I'll have a podcast too. Y'all take care. Stay warm on this cold, wet day. And we'll talk to you later. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.